I'm Jordan, and this is Medieval. Last time we introduced the Vikings, and now we'll bring you some context for the Anglo-Saxon Britannia. This will be crucial in future episodes. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and enjoy the podcast, please press follow so you don't miss out on future episodes. In 410 AD, with the last remaining Roman legions being called to defend the mainland against Germanic invaders, Emperor Honorus advised the people of Britain to look to their own defenses, a statement which effectively ended the island's connection to the Roman Empire. In the power vacuum that ensued, Britain was left divided and in shambles, ill-equipped to defend themselves against the encroaching Anglo-Saxon invaders, faced with threats on all fronts and with no help in sight. The Britons were locked in a desperate fight for their survival. In the lack of central leadership following Rome's departure, early kings were primarily warlords who organized defenses against the reigning Picts and Saxons. In 446 AD, Vortigern, the king of the Britons, devised a scheme with the intention of dealing with both the Saxons and Picts at the same time. Vortigern believed it would be wise to ally with the Saxons rather than fight them, so he hired them as mercenaries to fend off his neighboring enemies the Picts and the Scots. In return, Vortigern would grant the Saxons their own land and regularly provide them with supplies. Little did he know that his decision would ultimately prove to be a costly mistake. In 449, the Saxon brothers Hengist and Horsa arrived on British shores and were immediately welcomed by Vortigern, who tasked them with staving off the Pictish raiding parties. With three warships worth of soldiers, Hengist and Horsa easily defeated the Picts, and Vortigern granted them the Isle of Thant. Vortigern's decision to ally with the Saxons seemed promising after this initial success. However, Hengist and Horsa were keen to capitalize on the trust they had built with the British king. Enticed by the rich farmlands and poor state of the British forces, the brothers sent word to their homeland, encouraging people to assist them in what would be an easy conquest of the Britons. Once additional Saxon forces arrived in Britain, Hengist and Horsa broke their treaty with Vortigern, and the Saxons and Britons engaged in constant warfare for several years. Although Horsa was slain during the Battle of Isleford in 455 AD, the Saxons, now led by Hengest and his son, were able to demolish most of the British forces. In 457 AD, after a series of crippling defeats at the hands of the Saxons, Ambrosius Aurelianus, hailed as the last of the Romans in Britain, rallied the fragmented British forces to fight back against the Saxon onslaught. Aurelianus Serving as their king, the Britons valiantly resisted the Saxon invaders over the following decades. A noble turning point would come with the Battle of Wipidisfliot in 466 AD, in which massive casualties on both sides would prompt a brief period of inactivity among the Saxon invaders. This respite would be short-lived, however, as by 473 AD, the Britons were once again forced westward due to an ever-increasing number of Saxon invaders arriving on Britain's eastern shore. The arrival of Saxon chieftain Alil in 477 AD marked the beginning of a period in which Anglo-Saxon migrants would land ships at various locations throughout Britain and begin a conquest of that area. 
Immediately upon arriving on the Sussex coast, Ayel engaged in war with the Britons. His efforts would eventually give rise to the Kingdom of Sussex. In 495 AD, the Saxon known as Surdic landed on the shore of Hampshire, and over the course of the following decades achieved a number of decisive bloody victories. He would go on to found the Kingdom of Wessex in 519 AD. Around 500 AD, the Britons emerged victorious in the Battle of Badon, a victory which represented a major triumph for the diminishing native forces. The Anglo-Saxons were left reeling from this battle. Their defeat was so dramatic that they were forced to halt their advance for about half a century. However, despite their significant victory, an internal conflict and poor leadership once again proved to be costly for the Britons. As the last vestiges of British forces became further divided, they were made increasingly vulnerable to a final decisive conquest by the now-dominant Anglo-Saxons. This moment would become the Battle of Deerham in 577 AD, a victory for the Anglo-Saxons in which they firmly established their dominance of the island. Led by King Cowlin of Wessex, the West Saxon forces seized three cities vital to the British resistance, Cornium, Jelvum, and Aquaecilius, slaying their three kings in the process. In seizing these cities, the Anglo-Saxons now controlled these territories between the last remaining British forces. With this separation in effect, subduing these final British territories would be an easy task, and there would be no one left to oppose the continuing Anglo-Saxon invasion. In 597 AD, under orders of Pope Gregory I, St. Augustine of Canterbury joined from Rome to Britain to convert the Anglo-Saxons to Christianity. He arrived first in Kent where he appealed to the Saxon king Ethelbert to allow for his baptism. Ethelbert agreed to convert and soon after Christianity spread quickly to the other Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. By the end of the 6th century, which would become known as Heptarchy, seven Anglo-Saxon kingdoms spread across Britain, establishing them as the prevailing culture throughout the land. The urban culture of Roman Britain had largely disappeared in favor of a new agricultural society. It was from this point on that the Anglo-Saxon settlers began referring to themselves as English and the island of Britain as England, signaling a definitive shift in the island's heritage. Please consider pledging to the podcast on patreon.com slash medievalpodcast if you enjoy the podcast and want to listen to subscription-only bonus episodes. Your support is greatly appreciated. That's all for today, but we'll see you soon for more episodes of Medieval. Thanks for listening.